1: If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed.
0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Adolivance Minute Truth Radio Show. AdolimitesRadio dot com, I'm your host Ryan. Tonight we have a fantastic metaphysical guest. He is a, an exceptional teacher. And he's going to offer a perspective on what is going on that you'll, you won't you will hear anywhere else. Let us begin tonight's show. Welcoming to our show for the very first time is Max Ian. He is a person who does not necessarily call himself a metaphysical or spiritual teacher, but I'll tell you something. I read a lot of his works, seen a lot of his talks. They appear in a terrific channel called Be Inspired. And he seems to have a profound... Deep insight, and not only into our world, but uh, the nature of reality. I find it pretty fascinating. You can learn more about Max by going to his website at thecrowlhouse.com.
1: Max, welcome to our show. Nice to be here, Ryan. Thanks for asking me on, brother. Thank you.
0: All right, so one of your videos that I found absolutely fascinating, you brought up this idea notion that consciousness is utilizing or potentially utilizing this whole covid experience to clear itself out to kind of refine itself i thought that was very fascinating what do you what did you mean by that and what do you perceive the world at large where it is right now
1: what i what i was referring to with that is is if you could imagine this is kind of a um, like almost a holographic reality. Ima- imagine if if you were God. I mean, I know it's hard, but yeah. imagine if you're the mind of God. What would you do with that? It would be pretty boring. You'd just be there going, well, here I am. I'm God. I'm this omnipotent thing. What are you going to do with that? Um, you'd create something like this where you could fracture your consciousness and put it in there in order to purify it. You find the the um, sections of your consciousness that are more negative than others, things that just aren't quite right, and it's a way of like clearing out the baggage. You create a situation like this whereby people will either move into fear or they'll move into love. They'll they'll have the opportunity to be able to face infinity without flinching and just you know move their their spirit forward, or they'll succumb to the fear and they'll get discarded along the way. So you kind of look at it as a form of soul purification, if you will. And it's, it's a kind of a bizarre concept, but I mean, if you think of human consciousness, if, if you think of the concept that there's only really one of us here, there's really only one self and everything is a reflection of the self. And this is the way of the self to be able to interact with itself. You know, you've got to come here with this amnesiac type experience in order to have any experience. I mean, if you were an omnipotent being, the the new all and, and be all and was all like i said it'd be what would you do with that you'd have to you'd have to give yourself amnesia and fracture your consciousness in order to have any experience at all to see what the possibilities are things you may not have thought of or whatever so you know i just kind of look at it that way as a as a form of soul purification this whole um, reality 3d experience that we're in it's a way of uh, finding that that pure spark that pure essence in in each um, section of consciousness and discarding that which which doesn't doesn't sort of you know reach the mark and um that's just the way I look at it that's why've i've always tried to help people and guide them and help them find these doorways but but you can't you can't lead them through. They've got to make the choice to walk through themselves. You you, you can show people the, the information and and give them opportunities for to, to find themselves, but it's up to them to do it. And when it comes down to the, the final moment of this reality, it's gonna be a, a, a personal soul choice for every person, what they choose to do. I mean, as much as you wanna save your family and your friends and all of this sort of stuff, it's ultimately their choice to do that. And that's where, that spark of divinity comes into play, I think, if that made sense.
0: It does make a lot of sense. And that moment that you're referring to, it just seems that in the world right now, things seem to be accelerating really quickly. And I know that some people have discussed, well, the control freaks that are running everything, they're putting the pedal to the metal to up the tyranny because more people are waking up. And then some people will say, well, no, that just... The rate of evil is just continuing because more people are accepting it. And then you have another perspective saying, well, no, the reason why things are happening much faster in the world right now is because we're getting to the end and something wonderful is going to happen. And I really don't know what to make uh, sense of it at all. The only thing I I say is is a positive indication is that when I go to stores, at least in the U.S., I see less people wearing the masks, but I still see just about – I see a vast majority of the people I know are going along w with, with, with the Kool-Aid. It's it's like everyone is wants you to drink that Jim Jones Kool-Aid and if you don't want to drink the Kool-Aid, you're considered crazy. So I'm curious as to where do you see things going? What what is your take on the the matter?
1: Well, I almost see society um splitting into two. I don't think they're going to succeed with what they're doing. I mean I think it's gonna get a lot uglier yet. I think a lot of people are going to succumb to the vaccine. A lot of people are going to probably suffer through this. And I think it's it's a big depopulation event they're doing. And again, it's this this form of soul purification. Like you say, you see all these masked zombies out there who just don't get it. And no matter how much you tell them, they just don't get it. But when you look at the concept of AI and artificial intelligence and virtual reality, and soul purification and um, soul trapping you know if they can get people to take this vaccine take this injection get this graphene into them what's to say they can't move them into a mainframe move them into a virtual reality without them even knowing that they've they've been moved into it i mean could they take your your consciousness out through led which is you know we're all in front of these led screens all the time led is a form of wi-fi your consciousness is electromagnetic. You're giving out these electromagnetic signals all the time. Could they pull you in there without you knowing it? And if they did, would they know? Would you know that they've done it? And have they already done it before with other people? This is a question that I've often asked, you know, are these events that we're seeing now cyclic? Well, they seem to have these pandemics every 100 years or so. Do, is it when they have these, Do the vax, does the vaccine pull people into the mainframe? Are these people out there that you can't wake up are they already in the mainframe and simply driving around in avatars like westworld you know could it be something like that and there's a lot of talk that comes out of russia and ukraine where they say that uh, this is this is like a theme park this is like westworld and that 90% of the people here are not real people which is why you'll never wake them up they're simply consciousness driving avatars and they don't know it so you know have they already managed to pull a lot of the consciousness into a mainframe and are we who are awake what is left of the pure divinity, the, the pure divine consciousness? I mean, is it like that? Have they done this before? Because I mean, you can show this to people. It's it's like in Westworld when you, you can show you can sit there and you can show people definitive proof that this pandemic is a hoax, and someone will get it, and the person next to them just can't see it. And it's like Westworld when they show them the, the diagram of themselves and they go, "Well, I, I can't see anything wrong here," you know. They just can't see it, no matter how much you tell them. So I, I often question that as well, if, if that's actually what's going on, if they've done this before. And it's just they've got to keep repeating the cycle to try and get more and more of that divine consciousness into the mainframe. And, and the more they do it, I mean, the, the bits that are left behind become more and more pure. So you get a, a human consciousness which is more and more pure. Um, is that a way of doing it? But what they're doing now, I mean, I think they're, they're running scared. They're scared that so many people are waking up. And they're really trying to depopulate as quickly as they can. And they have to create the pandemic, which is what the vaccines are doing. I mean, the the reports I'm getting in from uh, funeral directors and all sorts of people saying the the hospitals are starting to fill up now. They've been empty for the last two years, but they're starting to fill up now. And all of the patients have been vaccinated. So, you know, I think... um, Yeah, they're playing a really, really delicate game and we're right on a knife edge and it could go in either direction. It's going to depend on how strong human will is and how strong human consciousness is and how how prepared people are to actually stand up and call this for what it is and you've got to remove attachment from the sleeping masses i know it's hard but you've got to do it i mean the the zombie sheeple are the zombie sheeple and like i said you all you can do is show them the doorway they have to walk through themselves and it's their individual soul choice and ultimately it's going to come down to that moment where it's, it's just you having to make that decision. Will you face infinity without flinching or will you move into fear and do what you're told?
0: Hopefully more people move away from uh, the fear. And I wanted to bring out something you said that this whole um, thing was a hoax. For a long time, I mean, I've been listening to people like Jason Kristoff and of course there's Jeff Berwick and I know some people have been saying, okay, well, this thing is, it's a pandemic or it's a hoax. I happen to have gotten like very sick and they, they I don't you know, even though I, I really suspect the validity of the PCR test, I got as sick as I've ever been in my entire life earlier this year, and uh, they called it, call it coronavirus or call it that whatever it is it, w- it was pretty bad and it was something very unique, so whether it was a coronavirus or it was somebody spreading a bio weapon to me or whatever it was, I, I experienced it it was pretty intense and I know that the person I got it from was double vaccinated because they were telling me how proud they were that they were double vaccinated. And about two hours later, I got these ridiculous symptoms. So I wonder, um, I wanna present to you a a scenario that I'm starting to see emerging right now that is not only being echoed by Big Tree. he brought it up about three or four months ago from a vaccine expert, I think he worked with Bill Gates, as well as a couple individuals who are psychic who've also displayed a vision and their vision was that we're going to see the virus get progressively worse or we're going to see new strains of it get progressively worse to the point where they're going to have all these emergency measures and they're going to try to force people to get it and they're going to try to uh use like, military i guess trying to force people is that something you foresee happening is that is, is that the last stage of the the darkness before i guess some light comes through or, or or what would you kind of envision to be uh, the, the near foreseeable future and maybe the darkest moment for humanity before the light finally comes through?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. I mean, I think people are going to get sicker and sicker. And the more sicker they get, they're going to bring out new strains from new vaccines and all, you know. And uh, that's what's killing people. This is a this is a cull. It's a mass cull. And um, it could get – it could actually get that dark and, and – um that's why you've got to just be in your light and you've got to be strong and you've got to be able to face infinity without flinching because it's a personal sole choice. It, it, could, it could easily go that bad. Um, there's a lot of police now um, speaking out about it. A lot of police don't want to take the jab, so they're talking about bringing in the military here to replace the police which would be a very bad thing. And of course, if they're going to do that, it won't be Australian military. It'll be UN troops or whatever, which is what they'll do in all countries. So they've got, to, they've got to create the pandemic in order to be able to do this. They've got to get the jab into people to be able to create the pandemic. And I wouldn't be surprised if you did get sick from someone, uh, being around someone who could be shedding whatever, nanoparticles, whatever these things are. I mean, they're talking about shedding the spike protein. Uh, whether it's even a spike protein, whether it's it's nanotech, whether it's graphene related, um, who knows what's in these in these jabs. But yeah, it could actually get that dark. It could get very, very dark. I mean, I'm expecting uh, a lot of people to die over the next couple of years and they're going to be saying it's new strains of the virus when really it's the vaccine. But again, you know, there's a lot of pushback as well. There's like in here in Australia, we're seeing huge pushback from even political mainstream people now are starting to, Call this out for what it is, and that's encouraging. I mean, whether it's red herrings, you don't know, but I mean, so many of them are players. But it is encouraging to see the amount of pushback that we're we're now getting, even though we're under the boot down here. Um, I'm so may, sorry for may what may you're going through.
0: Around. I cannot believe what is happening in Australia. In some ways, I I, I think people in North Korea maybe.
1: Um, I mean, it's just I thought North Korea was really bad, but I I can't believe. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's I don't even recognize my country. You could almost apply to North Korea for asylum at the moment, you know. It's uh, it's it's crazy. It's really crazy. I can't recognize the place. And, and it's amazing to see so many of the Australian people going along with it. But they're, they're in fear. The police here are so brutal. They are so brutal. They just don't hold back at all. We've got some of the most brutal police in the world here. They're just like a gang of thugs. And the people are pretty much terrified of them. And that's the problem, you know and um yeah i mean it it's it's difficult uh i'm actually I may be able to leave, soon, and I'm really hoping that I can and uh i'll let you I'll let you know about that but uh yeah, I'm hoping that I can get out sometime in the next couple of months, so that would I hope be so. great I
0: hope so I definitely want to hear you speak and just uh if we're looking at each individual and we have each individual person in a human body walking around earth and they're a soul, they're infinite consciousness within a human body and some people are aware of what is going on and some people are kind of just doing whatever they're being told is there any particular difference in the energy or frequency between those two individuals do they not carry the same amount of power, do they not carry the same amount of influence and if not what would be some of the things that would make them have a higher or lower frequency or higher or lower influence? And sorry to throw another question on top of that. What can a person who is awake do to magnify, to enhance, to intensify their energy and influence for the sake of being able to bring about a greater frequency and helping others become liberated and pushing back, for the most part, against the, the darkest of storms that humanity's ever faced.
1: Well, I think you're going to find that those with the higher vibration, the ones who actually have a soul, and the other ones are more like something in an avatar. Um, the, the way to get through this, the way to lift your vibration, like I said so many times, you walk the path of the warrior. The the ability to be able to face with serenity odds and circumstances that are not included in your calculations and simply be the observer, the non-emotional observer. This is a personal soul experience for everybody. Every single person, you are completely individual in your, your entrance and your exit from this realm. And it's it's the state of your consciousness that is important and I'm not being you know um, narcissistic about this or anything I'm not saying it's all all you you know like all this this new age narcissism that a lot of people um, fall into. Um, you can do what you can for other people by leading by example in front of them and being a shining light being something they can emulate you know by their admiration that they, they, they have for you because of the way you live your life. And you, you can you can be aware and have knowledge and not be, um, even if a lot of it is is uncomfortable information. To show people that you are empowered by that knowledge, you are inspired by that knowledge, and you are on a path to become the greatest of your potential and all you could possibly be. Show that you to people, and that will inspire them to want to emulate that and and find the best of themselves. And they can, you know, get out of this, this uh, state they're in, this low vibrational state that they're in. But if you can, if you can um, like they tell you in the Matrix even, they, they say, like Neo couldn't do any of the stuff that he, could, he wanted to do in the Matrix. He didn't realize he was the one until he stopped thinking about it and he just did what needed to be done and he removed all the emotion from it. That's why they call him Neo, the non-emotional observer. Because that's the way you can live your life. If you're the non-emotional observer, don't feed those parasites, those mind parasites that want you to have these these epiphanies all the time. You give all that energy away. Just Just observe things and take them for what they are. Realize that when you go down rabbit holes and you start looking for information you're only really going down that rabbit hole searching for that truth because you already know that truth inside. You just don't believe in yourself. You're looking for external confirmation because you don't believe in yourself. And when you get this external confirmation, you have these little aha moments and that's what's harvested from you. That's energy that's taken from you. When you, you have these moments you're about to go, aha, you just go, no, you just observe it, realize that you were right all along. There's no need for an aha. It's just confirmation of what you already know, you know? So everything we know we we everything we search for we already know i mean what this is is a great forgetting that's happened we've forgotten what it means to be human we've forgotten who and what we are and we have the ability to remember that if we can simply face infinity without flinching like i said the face with serenity odds and circumstances not included in your calculations to be able to just just walk through life as the observer and realize how much you can change things just by your energetic state and just by being in that state. You can't, you don't have these parasites feeding from you then. You know, this is about building your soul through this. So if if other people uh, get destroyed around us, I mean, that's their choice to do it. I mean, as much as I love them and I try to help them, ultimately, they've got to be the ones who make the choice to step onto the path. I can't drag them onto it. It doesn't work that way. And it's the same thing. I mean... A great comment said to me the other day by by a friend of mine said that um, a a herd of of buffaloes only runs as slow as fast as the slowest in the herd, and that leaves the slow members of the herd open to the predators behind them, and in a way that um, strengthens the herd because the, the the weaker beasts get pulled get pulled down. Now, in the world that we're in today, we're not being chased by predators, but there are predators. We, we are facing you know, attacks and, and things from outside sources, and these same predators have left enough clues along the way for the most stupid people to be able to see what's going on here. If they don't see that and they don't pick that up, well, they will be culled, and that will only strengthen the herd. So if you really look at it that way, well, after this experience is over... it's a great insight, wow. You will, have the most, you will have the most pure um, divinity, the, the most pure human genome so close to the divine that is left to carry on that human seed into the future. You know what I'm saying? Um, and when you look at the state of the world, as much as I love people, I mean, there's a lot of stupid people in the world. There's a lot of stupid bad things <laughs> happening in the world because there's a lot of really stupid people in they the are. world that do really stupid things, you know? And wouldn't we be better off if they weren't here I mean yeah. I don't want to be cold about it but hey you know th- this is a way of the herd improving its strength if you really want to look at it look at human consciousness in that way you know it's a great insight
0: I, I, I think Jeff Burr would echo that as well I know he's, he's talked a lot about that it's a really interesting um, insight you said on there and Max I'm curious as to where your wisdom comes from because when I first started listening to you and I started hearing you, I, I always got this feeling that you were somehow were connected, or you knew Stuart Wilde, and Stuart Wilde was a, uh, a dear teacher a dear friend and a metaphysical visionary, and oh, you, when you said about humanity was splitting, that was one of the things that he had been talking about for a long period of time, and you talked about uh, other things. You, you had very similar um kind of conclusions about reality because he was also a huge fan of the matrix and then when you're discussing this idea of one singularity about one being that is actually echoed by several people we've interviewed that have had near-death experiences who said that it's all one being it's it's one prime being that's they they call it source so Mm. it's i mean so you come up and you have this wisdom and you're presenting it and it's just kind of flowing. So, where did it come from? Like, where, how did you come to these conclusions that you did? Did you meditate for a long period of time? Did you just have these profound experiences? Did angelic beings appear to you? I mean, I'm just curious as to, to where, where is the origin of the wisdom that you present to the world?
1: Um, just observing life, really. I mean, I woke up when I was four to the fact that the world was all messed up. I I, I thought God had put me onto the wrong world. I wanted him to take me off and put me onto the right world. I thought the same way. I was four, four, yeah. And uh, I had this experience in 2009 where I I had this meditation experience where I literally connected with the quantum field. Uh, I don't even know how long the experience was. It might have been a flash of a second or it could have been hours. I don't know. And um, I fell out of my chair. I was sitting in a chair meditating. I fell out of the chair onto my knees and I cried for seven and a half hours and uh, i connected with absolutely everything and i could just see it i could just see what this reality is and I, i could feel all of the other souls in like the quantum quantum realm you know and um i could just see it i don't know i mean i i just i just try to offer a a perspective and and help people remember who and what they are i don't really know where it comes from i think i think like i said when you when you can can be the non-emotional observer when you can face infinity without flinching when you can when you can remove these mind parasites that want you to have all these aha moments and simply observe and you can remove this predator mind from your consciousness then you are open to amazing insights that that will just come to you. You know, you can you can amazing um, things of discovery. If if you look at um, Castaneda and um, like I'm not a big callous Castaneda fan, but he wrote a, a great in one of his books. He spoke about the predator mind, and he totally nailed it. How how this works. And you could look at the Gnostics talk about the archons and this predator mind that makes us do things that the native Americans call it Watiko. you know, this, this thing that that makes us do things that we know are bad, but we do them anyway, you know, and, and the, the thing that creates all these problems in our lives, simply so we will look for the solutions because it wants us to discover the solutions So it can harvest that energy when we have that aha moment. Get rid of all that and just be the non emotional observer. You know, when, when's the last time people were actually in the now? People are always lost in their mind. They're lost in fear. They're in fear of, of the future or they're, they're in anxiety of, of what happened in the past, none of which exists now. So they're lost in their minds, all, all these people. And so, you know, you just, just get out of that and just be the observer. When's the last time someone actually, like, did the dishes and was aware of what the plate actually feels like and what that water feels like on their hands? You know, they're just doing the dishes because it needs to be done. But what about being in that moment and actually experiencing holding that plate and experiencing holding that pen or experiencing what it means to be sitting in the chair you're now sitting in? You know, it's... This sort of thing, being aware of the moment that you're in, that's how I think you do it. And you can free your mind of this predator and then just insights will come to you. You can have these incredible um, waves of knowledge come to you and it isn't a matter of of having to believe it. You just know it. When you know something, you don't have to believe it. You don't have to, to convince yourself that it's true. If it is, then it is. You know, and, and you can have that if you can just um, free your, your mind of the fear, free yourself of the judgment and um, stop believing everything is true. You know, I don't I don't do belief, you know, because when you when you believe something, it it affects your um, knowledge of other things. I mean, I won't I won't accept that because I believe this. Well, I don't believe anything. i I'll I'll. Um, um, I'll consider everything, but I won't believe any of it. I'll just put it all on the shelf and then I'll let the picture paint itself. And eventually reality becomes self-evident if you can look at it that way. So people have too much stake in the outcome of, of things that they look at, uh, information that they're, they're looking at, they, they, they see a, a certain scenario that reinforces their belief system. So that's where they go, you know? So I just, I just removed all of that and I just observe. And um, I think if you can do this, you'll free yourself of this, this predator mind that that mind chatter that's in everybody's left brain that makes them do things I don't want to do, and and these insights will just come to you, brother. That's, that's how it works, I think.
0: Thank you for, for sharing that. And as of right now, it's, you seem to be pretty much. I mean, first of all, you said you seem to be pretty much at ease, and you relax, and you're you're comfortable. I guess seeing the way that the world is. I i don't know what percentage of the population I represent that are awake, but I'm in that, that perpetual fight or flight syndrome where there's a lot of like, I don't know, I call it righteous anger. Like I'm, I'm pretty pissed off what's going on. And uh, that anger kind of like fuels me, fuels that curiosity and it feels like, you know, what can we do? How do we, you know, turn this thing around? And, you know, kind of anger also is against these tyrants that are inflicting so much pain and really want to harm people. If you have that anger within, and it, it, regardless if it is righteous anger or it is uh, maybe anger that is being projected upon the you know the, the soul by uh, evil beings that want to just you know suck up some energy, whatever you want to call it, does that anger, or does the emotional reaction to what is happening in the present moment, does that deflect? wisdom from coming in? Will that prevent you from ultimately experiencing the the totality of the wisdom that you accumulate? Or is it something that can actually accelerate things? Because having that inner serenity that you discussed, the way you presented it, I think it's something that more people would love to have. And it seems that if you have that, maybe that'll give you definitely an, an advantage in terms of understanding and being able to cope and manage what is happening within the world, mentally at least.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look, anger, righteous anger, it, it's needed. People should be angry at what's happening. I'm incredibly angry at what's happening, and I have been for a long time, but I don't channel that into violence. I channel it into to positive encouragement for okay. other people because I need other people to, to wake up. I need, I need their strength. I Because if everybody just suddenly realized they have value, you know, oh, shit, I have value. I'm as, I'm as, I'm as worthwhile as everybody else. I can actually have an idea that could change the world the same as everybody else could because everything that we're facing at the moment just comes from ideas like every single thing in the earth every everything that's ever been created by man everything good everything bad ultimately came from the idea in that was a spark of an idea in the mind of a single individual we all have the ability to do that so you know if people could just suddenly realize that we would change the world in a day but you know if if, if that's not going to happen well i'm I'm angry i'm incredibly angry about what's going on and i've used that to try to wake the world up to to the situation that we're in because if they can have that epiphany we can change the world in a day and then you don't need to fight but if it comes to the point where i do have to fight i will fight you know and there was an incredible quote that i i actually posted um the other day which um uh is 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 uh is very relevant, and I'd like to read it to you, actually. It says, um, Please. The, mo- the most terrifying force of death comes from the hands of men who wanted to be left alone. They try so very hard to mind their own business and provide for themselves and those they love. They resist every impulse to fight back, knowing the forced and permanent change of life that will come from it. They know the moment they fight back, their lives as they have lived them are over. The moment the men who wanted to be left alone are forced to fight, it's a form of suicide. They are literally killing off who they used to be, which is why when forced to take up violence, these men who just wanted to be left alone will fight with an unholy vengeance against those who murdered their former lives. They fight with raw hatred and a drive that cannot be fathomed by those who are merely play-acting at politics and terror. True terror will arrive at these people's door and they will cry and scream and beg for mercy, but it will fall upon the deaf ears of the men who just wanted to be left alone. That is an incredibly powerful statement. And that's what it may come to. And if it does come to that, that's that's what I would do. If I was ever forced to really fight and become violent, I would be the most terrifying foe you have ever come across because that's what I would be driven to do. I hope that it won't come to that. But if it does come to that, well, I will face infinity without flinching.
0: Uh, Well, well I love that quote. And I wonder if it is going to get to that point, because in, in the U.S., the country is so divided. But it's weird as it is being divided. I'm also seeing people that are aware and awake, that are from various religions, that are from various cultural affiliations, all of a sudden kind of like coming together. It's the it's a very bizarre thing to to, to witness because the country is highly divided. And I think we're on the cusp of a, of a civil war in the U.S. I don't know how bad it is it's going to be, but there, there are also like alliances forming that I've never seen before either. But, um, yeah, I guess if we're pushed to that point and people have to respond, that could be a horrible situation, especially for those who are trying to infringe upon the tyranny when... Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. You know, you mentioned that uh, a little bit a couple questions ago about having this profound, beautiful experience where you were able to see this grid or feel this grid and see and feel all the souls in humanity. And when you think about that, when you reflect upon that experience, does that have? Does that um, allow you to have love? even for the most evil beings on this particular planet because they are part of the one singularity of consciousness. And if you love you, you honor the, the singularity known as the, the source. But if you hate uh, a part of the created beings that are evil, which are all part of source, are you in essence hating yourself? So I'm curious if in that moment, if you were able to shed love on all the beings and if you do have hatred within your heart, if you are at some capacity diminishing your
1: uh, overall strength and energy well the, the hatred comes from that quote. Um, it isn't something that I would feel, but I could I could I, I, I know I know what you're saying. The thing is, when you look at love and, and fear, love and hate, I mean hate is, is, comes from fear. Um, if I was forced into a position where I had to fight and I had to kill. Uh, I wouldn't be doing so out of hatred for those that I'm attacking. I'll be doing so out of love for myself and love for the people around me. I would know, be challenging, you know, channeling that righteous anger into what needs to be done. I mean, it simply needs to be done. If there's a predator there that's going to kill you, you need to kill the predator. You don't do it out of hatred for the predator. You do it out of love for yourself, love for your family. And that's my motivation in everything that I do. I mean, if you're if you in that situation where and it comes across as pure hatred, um, it's, it's like, like you say, you're pissed off, you're pissed off at what you've made me do. And that will come across as pure hatred, but ultimately I'm only doing it out of love anyway. I'm doing it because it needs to be done. So I'm, I'm never going to go into that, um, dark side where I, I, I mean, I'd kill someone, but I'm not going to tear them to pieces and want to, you know, devour their soul. You know what I mean? I'm just not like that. You know, I would, I would do what needed to be done to repel the attack. If I had to kill someone, I would do it. No problem. But, um, you know, I'm not going to become that which I am fighting. I am not going to be fighting for the same reasons they are. I mean, they're doing what they're doing to us out of their need to control, dominate, bully and steal the souls of others. I would be doing what I'm doing out of out of righteous anger wholesome righteous anger because it needs to be done and it's the only way to move the human experience forward i mean even when you look at that spark of divinity you have got to look at the divine masculine the divine feminine what is the divine masculine it's protection it's a protective thing if if the divinity was still there in the masculine we wouldn't be in this situation to begin with we would have fixed this problem years ago yeah. Yeah, you know, as soon as the government went wrong, we just would have walked in there and cut their heads off and put in new government. So there you go, problem solved. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. That's simply what the divine masculine would do. You would simply identify the problem and eliminate it. No questions, no debate. You fucked up. You're gone. Bye. Jeez, you, know?
0: you know, when you say that, it makes me wonder if the assault on masculinity and femininity is that—that's the reason why that it's really happening. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. That's why they've got rid of all the alpha males. You know, that's you know you can't you know that that's you know male chauvinism and all that sort of stuff. Got to get in touch with your feminine side. They just removed all the warriors. Is what they've done. You know.
0: (laughs) No, it's pretty strange. You, from your perspective, who do you you, would you say would be um, some of the most prolific and uh, most profound truth tellers of our day? Like other people that you think are having a stream of consciousness that people. You should also check out to also uh, learn from. Uh,
1: look, I I don't know. I I don't listen to a lot of people these days. I I just um I just do what I do. Um, I I can't really give you too much uh, advice on that, to be honest.
0: Okay, well, I mean, let's let's have another question. Like, what would be three things that a person can do to basically, you know, find that inner peace? and become a little bit more, uh, you know, subtle within their, their own body and to, to become a little bit stronger?
1: Uh, meditation is is really good, I think. Meditation is really um, needed. Um, believe in themselves. Believe in themselves. Stop, stop looking for the answers externally because everything you know is within. Everything you know is within. And um, I, I, I get incredible strength through meditation so yeah
0: okay do that and uh max the last question i have for you is if there was one lesson that you wanted to leave the world behind one lesson that would be a summary of your life's work and everything you've stood for and, and fought for what would that lesson be um
1: good question Believe in yourself, brother. Believe in yourself. Like, like I've said, um, walk the path of the warrior, face infinity without flinching. Learn, learn what you are. Learn how to um, take everything in your stride and grow from it because that's what it's about. I mean, you're here to discover yourself. You're here to purify your own consciousness and discover yourself to the greatest of your potential. And all of the stuff that you think means something in this life, I mean, you know, we've got a big, this big pile of stuff so we can sit on it and, and to say, look what I've got through life. None of that is, is relevant. All of that is to distract you and lead you away from discovering yourself. You know, There was a time I met a man sitting on Venice Beach, 70 years old, just sitting there crying on the beach. And I said to him, what's wrong? And he said to me, I just realized I could have done this 60 years ago because it's all I wanted to do sit on the beach here and, and look at the ocean. But I, I I wasted my life doing all of these things that I thought was going to lead me to this golden oyster. But when I got there, there's nothing there. The, the cradle was empty. You know, you do all these things. You climb this corporate ladder. You, you do all the education. You do all the business stuff. You get millions of dollars. You get all these buildings and all this stuff. So you can, then the world is your oyster. And you climb to the top of that hill and you get there and you go, well, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. It was all a lie. And all that time that I wasted doing all that stuff and collecting all that stuff that I thought meant something, I never found myself along the way. I missed out on me and doing what I wanted to do and finding out exactly who and what I am. And that's what this experience is about. So never, ever lose, lose track of that. And, and don't attach yourself to all this external stuff because it can be taken away from you in a flash. You're not your stuff. You are a spark of divine consciousness and you came here to to discover that and discover the the true potential and the true divinity of yourself. So don't lose track of that because that's what it's about. And that's what you take with you when you leave here.
0: Epic ending to a terrific interview. Mr. Max Egan, thank you so much for being with us today. You can learn more about Max by going to his website at thecrowdhouse.com. Highly recommend you also go on YouTube and check out some of his previous videos and insights. Max, Max, thank you so much for spending time with us today. My pleasure, brother. Anytime. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the out of Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Outer of Limits of Inner Truth, Please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love and beers. Yay! Take care and thank you so much for listening.